0: Gwyneth Paltrow made this comment. It was a quote from a December 2018 Wall Street Journal article where she says directly, forgive me if this comes out wrong. But when I went to do a yoga class in L.A. recently and the 22 year old girl behind the counter was like, have you ever done yoga before? I literally turned to my friend and I was like, you have this job because I've done yoga before. Oh, Mic drop.
1: (laughs) I, roll.
2: I am not going to lie to you. That Gwyneth Paltrow clip there kind of kills me. What? A, it's pretty ballsy of her. A little bit of respect for saying it, even though it's completely fucking ridiculous. And that was just another little clip from the first episode of the Yoga is Dead podcast called White Women Killed Yoga. And this podcast you're listening to here is the second part of a conversation I had with the creators of that podcast. Chaisal Parikh and Thajal Patel. Um, so go listen to part one if you have not done that yet, because this is just, I'm going to cut straight into where we left off and we begin with talking about cultural appropriation after it's over. If you have not already, go check out their podcast. And uh, yeah, I hope this, uh, I hope it pisses you off, to be honest with you. All right. So I think a lot of this stems, at least my my understanding of it, and, and this has come up for me. I've said insensitive things and I've done a lot of crazy shit on Instagram and I've had people accuse me of all sorts of things. Um, But cultural appropriation. Can you just tell us what cultural appropriation is?
1: Sure. Cultural appropriation has, uh, the key component is like a uh, power differential. So like there's a dominant group and a non-dominant group. And the dominant group decides they like something about the non-dominant group and they start doing it, taking it, whatever it is. And yet if the non-dominant group were to do the same thing, they would be ostracized or penalized in some way. So it's like, The example that we use a lot in our world is like the bindi thing for South Asians, because while white people can wear bindis or whatever, like they won't be seen the same way. They won't be penalized in the same way an Indian person would for wearing a bindi. So if an Indian person wears a bindi, they're gonna be made fun of, they're gonna be othered. Maybe they like are gonna be seen as foreign and a white person won't be seen the same, but they won't uh, uh, have to endure any of those penalties.
2: That's interesting. I would mostly think a white person looks like an idiot, I think, to be honest with you.
1: Right. Well, yes, but there's not like a built in bias in society. Sure. Like maybe you look like an idiot, but you're not going to like lose a job offer because you were bendy. bindi.
2: You'd lose mine. I'm not going <laughs>
1: <lie> to it. You. <laughs> you know what I mean.
2: <laughs> Off the table 100%, that would be the worst thing you could do.
1: Yeah, like you can wear a sari and you can walk down the street and no one's going to, if somebody might say, oh, that's beautiful. Meanwhile, if like I wore a sari down the street, you'd look ethnic. You'd look other. You look like you're not integrating into mm-hmm. society.
2: I, I, I'm just trying to, like, I'm trying to uh, imagine...
1: You wouldn't okay Ryan if somebody in your world like a white woman were sorry would they be told go back to whatever country you came from
2: no I know I no, no and it, it I, I just it it's so interesting to me because that is it's so far from my, what I would think if I saw you walking down the street wearing a sorry, I would not it doesn't it doesn't even enter my mind to go go back to the to the country you came from like the, it, it, it I, I believe it's a problem. I definitely believe that it's a problem, but it's just like, it's shocking to me to, so to hear it. You don't
0: it. even have to be wearing the cultural symbol. You don't even have to be wearing a sari or a bindi to experience this. It's just racism. I used to, I used to live in Cleveland. I would go out in downtown Cleveland at night and I'd be like, uh-oh, people from, well, I think it's like Strongsville or something are in town because I'd be on high alert. Because what's happened to me is people would be like, oh, hey, yeah, are you dot or feather Indian? And I'm like, what? I'm at a dance call yeah. at Midnight. I'm like, why are we talking about this? One of those isn't even Indian. That's what does this have anything to do with anything right now? If I imagine if I were wearing a cultural object,
1: right. what that
0: conversation would have become. The daughter
1: feather thing, by the way, is like the thing I heard the most growing up. And like now, I'm like one of those groups.
2: Like how many Americans,
0: Americans even understand that?
2: What Jason just said? I don't even know what that means. I've never heard that expression before.
0: Because Native Americans aren't Indian. Oh,
2: oh, They're referring to Native Americans. Now I see the feather thing. Yes. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, that's fucking insane. It's crazy. People are fucking ridiculous. You know,
1: people, people, a very common thing I used to hear growing up was, oh, you're Indian? Do you dance around a fire? I'm like, you, those two things, first of all, I don't even know where to start with that. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> well, okay, so. I remember Like, are we, if we're going into this, I remember sitting at an elementary school next to who I considered my best friend. And she looked at me, we're eating lunch. She looked at me and she said, your God's blue, right? And I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, he's not real. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like a fourth grade conversation. I have no recourse. I have no idea what to do with that. And then probably I went to go play at her house the next day anyway. But like, this is just what kids are taught. And then they grow into adults and they don't know, they think they're woke, but there's this like passive wokeness. Like I would never do that, but maybe you already have, and you don't even remember.
2: Yeah. I mean, I suppose, you know, I may, I may have, I don't, I don't, I certainly don't. I mean, when I was a kid, I don't really remember much to me. I, I, do you feel like, I mean, that these sorts of issues, like the, like the, um the seeing someone wearing a sari walking down the street and and thinking, like I, it doesn't, it doesn't seem out of place to me, but do you feel it gets like it's yelled like,
1: out the window over driving by car yeah, all yeah, the time? I, mean,
2: I guess so I believe, I mean, definitely believe it's just so it's like, it's definitely shocking to, f- for me to hear some of this stuff, but when we, so when we're talking about,
0: but then yeah. when in the example of bringing, bringing Indian food into a yoga studio, How's like, that different? what's the, what's the message? Like you're not of this culture, like you're here, but you don't actually belong. You should have known not to bring that in here where I'm like. Shouldn't we know this? Wait, but here's the (laughs) cultural appropriation part of it. It's like, this is a yoga studio. This thing like heralds back to
1: India. And if you were to like practice the root in this in the home place, the the mother country, like you would be eating this food. So like the fact that now you've created a whole business on this and you're like telling the person of that culture, like get your food out of here. Like that's cultural appropriation.
0: To, to top it off, to add insult to injury, this is a studio that offers Ayurvedic cleanses that are Kitri based cleanses. So what I'm eating in the studio is what you're selling to people outside the studio. But I'm not allowed to eat it there. Tell me how that fucking makes any sense.
2: <laughs> well, it, it seems to me like it's another one of these things where the teacher I would think would be like, even if she doesn't like the food or the smell of it, that she would think that she's supposed to align with it because of who she is. And that just like that, that she would pretend as a, as a, as a a signal that I understand this culture, you know, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's but then how many
0: times has this woman who's also 35 in her life been told that what she's doing, wearing, eating looks like is not the norm. Probably never tall, thin, white, blonde haired person. We need to go
1: back to this idea of like what whiteness is too, because whiteness is this evolving idea, right? Like it's never been a static like idea of whiteness. And what, I say, what I'm saying is like Italian immigrants were considered non-white at one point and their food was considered smelly. And now I think you would be hard-pressed to find anyone that says in America, like Italian food is smelly and different or ethnic. Like that definition of whiteness has changed. Mm-hmm. And same with Polish, German, Irish. Exactly. And so like her saying your food smells, get it out of here, is just basically saying your food isn't white.
2: Yeah. I I mean, I, I, so I want to come back to the cultural appropriation in a second, but I, but like, so this other thing is coming up for me. So like the, like the idea about intent versus impact and when someone said, so when this woman asks you to take the the food out of the studio, do you, is it, is it to just assume that she's, that she means get your food out of here because it's white? Is that right? Is that like the right response to that?
0: No, I'll say her intent was not to harm me. It was to say it with a smile so that I felt comfortable in playing along. Um, And then in order to assess the impact, I would have to address it with her, right? I would have to say to her later on when things were not in that moment and say, hey, I wanted to talk to you about this scenario, X, Y, and Z. But now we're talking about the power dynamic of an employee talking to their manager and taking the time out of my day to find her, to make it in a way that's palatable for her so that she can understand just a little bit of where I'm coming from, although she's never had to her whole life. And sometimes that just feels like too much damn work. Like I don't have time for that. I have other things that I can put my energy in too.
1: And also like for us, you have to realize like, sejal and i having each other as a place as a sounding board to talk about these topics like we didn't even really understand all this stuff when we started out we were just pissed off like why would she say that to me that's so messed up right but then like talking it through over and over again and then doing all this research and like putting this podcast together we've really started to understand like this is why like now i can uncover and say with clarity this is why that scenario made me feel uncomfortable so in that moment, I wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, that's racist and culturally appropriating. And this is why. But now with that, like hindsight of all the work I've put into it, I'm like, oh, I get it now.
0: Yeah. And and yeah. because we have business backgrounds, we're looking at it from another lens. We're looking at it from a business owner lens. Like, so we're actually doing that work for you to say this is why it's harmful for you from that point of view.
2: And I get I mean, I like as you as I listen to you explain even when you said like she's basically asking you to leave because the food isn't white. Like I get, I un, like at, at the core of it, I do, I did understand that. I just thought it would be interesting. It's, it's, it's like, a, a, as, as we're having this conversation, it's like, I'm the, I, my brain isn't like some of this stuff, just, it, it feels so outside of what I have experienced, not just with being a white person, but just like with uh seeing uh, people I associate with connecting with people of color. Like I just don't, have these experiences to have seen it happen before to, to where I could be like, dude, that was fucked up. You know, like I don't, it just doesn't, it does, doesn't happen but around like, me. So it's just like, about, but that's, damn, pretty, that's a
0: pretty privileged thing to be able yeah. to say, right. You live in yeah,
2: Redwood, sure. I
0: guess, Or Santa Monica.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I moved here. I was from not from, to Chicago, I moved here, but yeah, no, no, I, 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 am with that full on. I agree. It's
1: but also it's like this whiteness is invisible. It's purposefully invisible. It's made invisible to us so that we can't challenge it. And so for us, like we we're just saying like, you need to start doing this work of seeing it. So like the generalizations and the disclaimer was like, look, you may not like the generalizations, but like you need to start looking at these because hey, number one, this is what's being whispered behind your back, whether you like it or not. People of color are saying this stuff. It's happening. So this is our stereotype about you, but we're just not allowed to say it out loud. And Tejal and I were like, we're just going to say it out loud, right? Because like, yeah. we can't have a conversation if we don't.
2: For sure. Yeah, I think de- definitely saying it loud is loud as fuck. I, <laughs> so
1: that's like part really, of it. But really like, also idea. like yeah. for all of us, like it is invisible. We need to make this visible so that we can then start to unpack it and be like, okay, well, what is the issue really? It's like any other issue, right? Like if you have you're in a relationship and like you have an issue between the two of you like you need to unpack why you're not going to solve the problem if you don't realize like well why do you get pissed off why is your reaction to get pissed off at this you're gonna have to like figure it out like the deep rooted feelings and this is what we're saying like white culture is this deep rooted thing that controls us all blindly and we need to like start to point our finger at it put a name to it so that it can't just blindly control us we can make choices
0: and here's sure. a way here's a way to assess white privilege one thing to ask yourself like I am never asked to speak for all the people of my racial group like true or false as a white person
2: and uh, and, uh true true
0: yeah and yeah we, we're put up on a pedestal like oh if we say it it must be the same thing for all of Indian people yeah so we were we because
1: you said you wanted to do this like exercise of like unpacking your privilege together with us we like uh-huh. we're looking up like some a, a kind of like list of questions we found one from the National Seed yeah, that Project would be really
0: relevant to this conversation. Yeah. There's a whole list, and you can go through every factor of your life. But like to this conversation, we thought we found some things that would be really interesting. And so it's from the,
1: the questions that we're going to ask you are from the National Seed Project. So one of the questions is, uh, I can do well in a challenging situation without being called a credit to my race.
2: Yes. Yes. Totally. True. Right.
1: Like those are great questions to ask yourself when you're like, "Am I privileged?" Um, Here's another one. If I can, if I can, if I wish to arrange to be in the company of people of my race most of the time.
2: True. When I am told about our. How is so so so, wait, wait wait. Uh, so, so wait, 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 wait. So on the, uh, w- the opposite of that though. So where, where's the privilege in that?
1: I'll say, okay, for me, i go to a yoga class. It's all white people. Where are the Indian people? Where are the South Asian people? Where are the, you know, where's my community?
0: And if, and if Jaisal wished oh, okay, no. to in the company of people of her own race, most of the time, like, could she actually do that in a yoga scenario? Like,
1: could I go to the DMV, you know, what, I, you know, whatever it is. Like, could I go down to the local grocery store and like, it be all basic people. Maybe I'll seek out a Patel Brothers, but I can't go to like the regular grocery store and just be like, oh, I'm amongst my people. No, I
2: I guess I I thought the question was like, can you arrange it? So like, could I I organize a group of people, a a group of white people to do something? The answer was yes.
1: Like when you're living your life, like white people can just go to a white neighborhood and be amongst white people. That's what it's sure. Whereas like other yeah, yeah, yeah. non-white people can't just like walk around the world and like have the room be like mostly white. Like there are ways that white people can like
0: prevent people of color. Yeah, oh, yeah, right.
2: Totally. I, yeah. I'm with that. Yep. You can go
0: golfing and everyone's going to be white. Right? <laughs> and we're that's saying most of the time. Yeah. So like you can take time out of your schedule once a week to go to a POC and allies yoga class, but that's one class out of seven days of the week, one hour. You know? Yeah.
1: Okay. Here's another one. When I'm told about our national heritage or civilization, I'm shown that people of my color made it what it is.
2: True. true, I mean, true, but
1: Columbus discovered America, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. But it's also, but I also think I I don't know if I'm being defended. Like, I don't know if I'm being a dick or by saying, but, but it's like, but there also is like a, a, a huge growing population of white people teaching that Columbus was a piece of shit. And, uh, the truth is actually much more
1: Nuance, nuanced and
2: compelling.. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So like but the,
1: that's like, this conversation is happening because people of color are like, hello, like yeah. you're, you're erasing history or you're rewriting history. 43, and because like, 43
0: presidents in a row. That's never going right. to change, you know, until we start to have different numbers, you know, that aren't white male presidents.
1: And like, honestly, a lot of this is happening because of social media and the ability to democratize communication. Like up till now, even communication channels have been held. The power of that has been held by white people and they could control what was being seen and said, but because of social media, they can't control it that much anymore. So now people are saying, well, Columbus actually, there were people there before and he conquered them. He didn't discover them. So let's talk about that. You
0: know?
2: Totally. Totally.
0: Here's one. I am not made acutely aware that my shape bearing or body odor Will be taken as a reflection on my race.
2: Yes. Sorry. I I, have to, I, I think about these for a second because the questions are like they, they sound like I have to process.
0: The way it's being written. Formed. Yeah. So you are yeah, not yeah, you totally, are not made totally particularly true. aware that your shape, bearing yeah. or body odor will be taken as a reflection of your race.
2: True. F- privileged.
0: Yeah. And it's, I mean, that one's kind of really struck me. I mean, it's super broad, my shape, my bearing or my body odor, but like body odor for Indian people. Come on. That's been like a longstanding joke forever. Bearing. If you don't put together, um, you don't have your shit together. And that's like a bearing. So when you're really buttoned up, you look like you're, everything's okay. Everything's under control. But like sometimes based on, uh, where you're coming from to go to work, Let's say if it's your second job or if you have kids at home, like you're not going to look the part and that can be piled against you.
1: I think about this one all the time because I don't like getting my nails done. I don't like putting makeup on. That is not part of like my preference. And yet all the time when I'm in a position of like being given some power, I think about that. I'm like, do I need to like present myself in a certain way to be taken seriously? So if I teach like in a teacher training, I will put on makeup. Because it's like, oh, this, I can walk into the room and be recognized as the teacher only if I start to do these things. If I walk in as I am, like, people aren't going to think that I'm the teacher.
0: And we've been told time and time again, dress for the part, right? You need to look the part. But then when you sit and you think about who told you that, it's like people told you that because they expected you to be able to do that. They expected you to have the money to get your nails done, get your hair done look a certain part. And usually people haven't challenged that, but up until now, and now people are saying, I don't have the, um, you know, I don't have the but, means to do that, but I still belong the interest. To be here or interest. <laughs> right. And I still belong to have a position where I can be a teacher where I can be seen as a mentor. And, and for
1: us, yeah. for us, all of this is compounded by the fact that we're sitting in yoga spaces. Like, it's not like I walked into a, a job at a bank, this is like a yoga space. This thing comes from like a place where I come from. So it's like, I don't understand. Like why, why now do I have to like assimilate to these other norms? When this thing that you're saying you sell is, doesn't even come from the place that you come from.
0: Right. Leggings or sweatpants. I think about that. Like, oh, is it okay? I'm just going to wear my sweatpants today. Or I'm just going to wear my baggy leggings today from India. But I don't know if that's going to be okay or put together enough for the yoga studio.
1: Yeah. And so I think cultural appropriation is just like a layer of it. And then the other layer of it is like so this whole practice is about unity and mindfulness. And then we are like we encounter such mindlessness, some thoughtlessness. It's like, I don't under, like you're saying you're selling yoga. You're not selling yoga. If you're walking around thoughtlessly in the world, you're not doing yoga. So like, stop calling yourself a yogi.
2: I'm fully on board with that. So to, to just circle back to cultural appropriation and, 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 you know, you, you being in a yoga class and yoga comes from where you're from, I guess it's like, I understand, like intellectually, I understand cultural appropriation. I under, I get it. I get it completely. When is it not just being inspired and when does it become like problematic? Like where, is there a line? Is there like a thing to be like, okay, the, the switch has been flipped. Now it's appropriation before it was just inspiration. Does this does this make sense?
1: So Deja and I were talking about this and I was like, okay, so here's an example I'll give you with the Bindi thing, for example, there's, there are, there are, You can go to a festival and wear a bindi. Right. And then you can take that bindi off and like that no longer the stigma of that bindi no longer affects you. Right. Like so you can go and look like, quote unquote, silly you can put it on as a mask or a costume, but you can take it off. And then like that doesn't follow you any to any other part of your life. That's appropriation.
2: But what if it's like, so, so I guess what I'm saying though, so like, if, if we're talking about like a, the business of yoga and, and having a yoga studio and I don't wear, I don't wear, I don't, I don't want to say I, I, my white ass has bindies. I, I don't want to say it wrong, but like, so, so, but, but, so that isn't that there is no bindies in my studio. I, d- I just want to make sure that I'm not uh, upsetting people because I have a yoga studio or because I teach yoga. And, and at what point does my inspiration turn into something uh, harmful? as it pertains to the business of yoga.
0: Okay, so there's a yoga studio in New York and they're not just in New York, but they have a bowl of bindi's in their front lounge. And it has, it has it's just so confusing to me. Like, what is that there for? <laughs> and why did you appropriate a piece of Indian culture and then put it in a yoga space, assuming there's some kind of link and that you're able, that you feel okay doing that? Like, And that's because you're in the dominant group here. Like you're a white woman. And you've decided that you want to take a piece of this culture that doesn't have enough power to really take a stance that's going to make you change your mind and put it there.
1: And like to go back to a broader sense too, besides the Bindi, like there is no right. There's no like one answer I can give you. I can't be like, Brian, here's the answer. This is the lie. I wish I could but there isn't. And so like, I think what it boils down to for a, a, a large part of it is like education. You need to go back and figure out like, if you're going to teach this thing. Like, what is the context from which it came from or the many contexts? Because the fact that we think that there's one is problematic. Just like where like when I get feedback, like, well, there's more than one white culture. Well, there's way more than one Indian culture. And there's many, many different like lineages, many different histories, many different contexts from which this thing came. So if you're not aware of that to begin with, you're probably appropriating. So go educate yourself.
2: Got it. So I think I mean, so so I guess being being educated about the origin of what you're teaching will at least you'll at least be informed enough to be able to be making better decisions or when you're decisions. Yeah. When you realize that, like, I probably shouldn't have a bowl of bindi's out. That to me is that's another one of these things that is just like that is if they, if they made like a show about the most ridiculous yoga studio in the world, that would be something in that show, you know?
1: Yeah. Or like, um, Susanna Barkataki wrote this newsletter recently about her, one of her first experiences with this topic appropriate somebody appropriating yoga. And it was like, she walked into the studio and there was a statue of Ganesh, like on the floor next to the shoes. And if you know anything about like the context of like how you should, how Indians like revere Ganesh, like he would not be on the floor. He would not be near the shoes, which, and as I speak, say this, by the way, I'm a hypocrite because I have a Ganesh above my shoes, which many family members have already commented on. And so like, you know, and I, I'm like, I joke about it or whatever, but like, it's a, it's the wrong context
2: for sure. No, that I I see the wrong thing to do. No, that is something that now I like, I've never seen the bowl of Bindi's, but I've definitely seen Ganesh used in all sorts of different places. Never even crossed my mind as a, as a thing, but now that to me, that's like something I think a lot of people can probably. Look well, at, someone look at wrote place, to but. us.
0: Someone wrote to us and said, "I am really uncomfortable at this yoga studio because they have tons of pictures of the Buddha everywhere and statues everywhere. They have one small tiny picture, probably Ganesh. I can't remember which Hindu deity it was, and um, they don't actually address any of that ever. And now they're inviting a Hindu pundit into the space to do a fire." uh, cleansing ritual and th- it doesn't feel connected in any way, shape or form. Like none of these things connect. So what is the, what are they doing there? I'm like, they're just appropriating Eastern cultures to sell something, to sell something mystical and Eastern and spiritual and cleansing to white people, I guess. Yeah.
2: Full on. I get that.
0: So
1: like, Ryan, I want to, I want to point out an example that you kind of got a little bit into, I think at some point, cause you made some videos about it. There was a yoga, there was a yoga teacher who put an OM symbol on her foot right she tattooed an own symbol mm-hmm. in her ankle or something and you were like you made some videos being like nobody should can tell me what I do with my body I'll do whatever I want blah 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 blah, blah. and like my response to that was like sure you can do it you fine go ahead do what you want to do but like you're basically showing the world that you have no idea about this thing that you claim to be doing for your living. Like if you put an ohm symbol on your foot, you're basically saying like I don't have no context or understanding
0: of the symbol of ohm. Y- y-
2: well,
0: y- and I don't care to know. Y-
2: yes, I, I suppose. I mean, I, like that was definitely one of the things that I've said that was completely fucking ridiculous. <laughs> uh, and and it definitely like was probably a bad idea in hindsight for a lot of reasons
0: well do you not believe that do you believe that people can do whatever they want with their bodies yes so like i yeah. i think
1: it was good it was a good yeah, example
0: it around it i thought
1: it was a yeah. great yeah. example because people are people are going to echo that sentiment too it's not like you're not the you're not the only one that probably thought well, that right
2: well i guess here here's like so so what i said was well fachel do you know what i said
0: Jaisal had shared it with me, but mostly from her comment, <laughs> like why why she wrote what she wrote.
2: <laughs> so I said, yeah, I would get an I'll, if I wanted to, I'd get an ohm symbol tattooed on my nutsack, which obviously is mm. completely completely <laughs> fucking ridiculous. I suppose though, the difference would be, and it's like, the, and like what I thought would happen would be like.
0: I, I think you talk about your nutsack a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, did. Uh-huh. I, definitely
2: did. <laughs> I definitely do. I definitely do, but I suppose like the difference there would be like. Not to even justify what I said. I'm not trying to justify what I said. But I think when it's like, if, if it's like on an exposed part of your body where other people see it, there may be something to be said about it. If it's not, I feel like that's different. You know? Uh, sure, you know, you're privately
1: I'm, an idiot instead of publicly an idiot. Privately sure. an
2: idiot. And also, and also, like, it was, it. it I wouldn't, I mean, I'm not, I would never do it, obviously. But the reason <laughs> I did it. You
1: should, though. Totally I totally should. <laughs> <laughs> be painful.
2: If I did, the reason I would do it would not be to. It wouldn't be uh, a, a representation of what I believe about that symbol or what it represents. It would have been me p- p- pissing some people off on Instagram or whatever. That yeah. would have been the, the, the point of it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to say that was an okay thing to say. It was but that's stupid. kind
0: of a simile to saying, okay, this is a physical. Not. A, it's not a physical object, but it's an action actionable item like you got a tattoo and you're saying that if i put it somewhere that nobody sees is it different than putting it somewhere that people see mm-hmm. that's actually what that yoga girl story is from episode 1 she's like well i had a reason for doing it that was private it was personal to me so isn't it okay that i had a personal reason to defend it but it's it's like no actually it's not okay it's just that it was personal to you and you didn't share why it was personal for a amount of time until people kind of asked you really en masse to talk about it. And then you realize, like, I have to talk about it, which makes me unpack it and understand the roots of why I'm doing it, which makes me realize going further, I don't want to do that anymore. So just because it's hidden somewhere on your person doesn't mean that it's okay. Like if it's public, maybe it sparks conversation and you can think twice about it in the future. Again, That's what I again if you're about. doing it p- privately,
1: it's just to get out of doing work, right? If you're like, oh, well, I'll just get a tattooed somewhere. Nobody can see it. It's like, well, you're just doing that. So you don't have to research it and figure out why it's not. not it's not a nice thing to do.
0: Or because you're so dead set on having it. You don't want to defend care. it to anybody else. You're just like, it's my thing. Got like, it. Okay, but, you know, you're still potentially hurting a group of people by doing it. Really hurting a group of people.
2: Understood. Understood. Well, um, so, it, so then, well,
1: i just, I just want to say one last thing. Like it, I, then it just brings me back, always brings me back to this idea of like, then why are you a yoga teacher? If you don't care about other people and hurting other people, like why, why even do this? Like why be on this path? Like, yeah. If
0: you're, if your decision-making stops at intent and you don't care about impact, it's, it, that's what it is, like, where are you connecting the circle? Well,
1: like go teach gymnastics. I, no one's going to bother you about your own tattoo and gymnastics.
2: Well, I would say this, though, too, like, so this this intent versus impact idea, like, so what what do you say? What do you say when there is a positive impact with some behavior that also has a negative impact on others? And then if I were to alter my behavior? I may make the negative impact less, but I also may decrease the positive impact.
0: So that's a really real reality. Like that's just a reality because we're not saying that, listen to us, we're the only point of view and do what we say because this is the right way. Like the reality is everyone's justifying everything they're doing every moment they're doing it. And then they're running in circles that either agree with them or are uncomfortable with them or whatever. And that's why it's so nuanced. Like it is so nuanced. I'm not going to say that hundred percent Ryan does everything the way that I want him to do, but I am going to say like, we can have a conversation and I respect that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I've definitely changed my, I've changed a lot since that occurrence, like other, that, that just like snowballed into other things that I've, I've, I've changed my ways a little bit since then. I Um, actually
1: think that that, like you putting that out there was like a like a good starting point for conversation too, because again, it's representative, not just you, but a lot of, what a lot of other people think behind closed doors. And if we don't like kind of out what people are thinking, like how are we going to have a discourse about it? And the fact that you changed your opinion, like, look at that. Like, that's amazing. That's incredible to me that like you did that.
0: And then like now,
1: whatever, a year or two later, you're like, oh yeah, I don't, that was so dumb.
0: I think that's an important lesson for people who are afraid to put themselves out there because they're like, then it's out there forever. Like, Hey, I had some anxiety and some little, I was nervous about putting a podcast up there that could potentially be up there forever. People can download that audio file and have it forever and call me an asshole one day about it. But I reserve the right to change my mind at any point.
1: And And, to evolve and change. Like that's what we fundamentally believe we're here to do Mm -hmm. as yoga teachers, right? Like we're like, Oh yeah, this whole path is about growth and change. So this is where I'm at on this path right now. Yeah,
2: Yeah.
0: I think I I didn't know about this. uh, Your post about the OM tattoo because I was confusing it with another post that Jaisal had mentioned to me where a group of white women were bashing another white woman for her OM tattoo, but hadn't incorporated any opinions of uh, Desi people or, yeah, Desi people. They were like, oh, how could you do this to the Indian culture and the Indian um, practice of yoga, et cetera, et cetera, but hadn't actually asked anybody or given a, or allowed a voice that was Indian or Desi to like put their opinion into there. Jason, you remember that one?
1: Yeah. This is, this is why I put like invite POC voices to the conversation because Mm -hmm. they were having this whole conversation. There was not a Desi person in sight.
0: And there are people defending the position of what, you know, potentially defending what Desi people might say about it. And there are people that were against it, but like it was still of the same cultural group.
2: Yeah. It's murky waters for sure. It's Tough stuff. And I think that's like an an interesting thing about yoga in general is that it is very much about, you know, evolution over time. And I think teachers can talk about those things sort of uh, in an abstract way or using a lot of metaphors, but they don't actually let people see their own evolution. They sort of pretend they they already figured it out. Like I've already done, like I'm already there, you know, Mm -hmm. when they talk about themselves. Whereas if they were to be more open about who they are and you know, allow themselves to be seen as flawed. They can change their minds later, change their position later. People are quick to forget things. So like, you, you know, you can always change later. Um, And I, and I think that's one of the things that I, I, in my own experience, I believe that the way that I talked, the way that I was open about myself made my class more attractive to diverse groups of people. Whereas a lot of the other teachers at the studio, they did, like, they were just doing the skinny white chick doing handstand shit. And then the, of course, why would you think anyone would come to your class? Like why, why would they be here? You know? Yeah. So they don't know just,
1: you. They don't know. All they know is you can do a handstand. Great. And they can't.
2: Yep. I'm not like that at all. I'm as far from that as I can possibly be. Um, and then, so so the, just, I think one more thing that I think we can kind of use to, start to wrap. Um, you talked about the yoga journal cover that had, I'm losing her last name, but Jessamine versus, uh, not versus Jessamine Stanley, Jessamine Stanley and, and Matias Roddy. And it was like a split cover where Jessamine. what I remembered was like Jessamine, like there was, it was like, there was like a front and a back cover where like the magazine could be turned either way was -hmm. what I saw. And I don't know if that was something different than what you described where there's like there was a cover that was split with both of them on there.
0: My understanding is they did they did many variations of it. They had single single model covers, then they had one the front page that was split in half, and then they had front back.
2: Yes, which is so, like insane. I I, I <laughs> agree. Pick one and print it. Well, so there's I, I have a lot of thoughts about that whole thing. Um, I think Yoga Journal is a it's, an, it's a it's a tough example because I feel like they're held to they, they should be held to a standard that is different than maybe other people, but uh, uh, you know, how much how much obligation do they have when they the point of what they're doing re, like as a business is to return profits? And if they have an understanding about who their market is, why can't they run what could be a split test or it could be them knowing what this readership in this certain area wants to see? because they're subscribing. I mean, they, they clearly made a huge fucking mistake. So this is sort of a moot point, but I guess the, what the question is like,
0: you're saying like, why, why can't they be allowed to do AB testing mm-hmm. on yeah. their audience? Mm-hmm. I mean, because the, the answer is so straightforward. Like it's already out there. The answer is already out there. The demographic of who's practicing yoga and who wants to learn about yoga has already changed. Like they're so behind the game. And then to think that they needed to test it to different people, like just, look at their subscription dropping. Like they didn't release those numbers, but from what the social buzz is like, people just dropped so fast from them because that's really disappointing that they felt like they had to test uh, a market to see if the status quo wasn't, wasn't as successful as they thought anymore. It's like, also, it's like
1: okay, atheist. presumably they put, they, they put Jasmine on the cover in order to reach a demographic, but like by splitting the cover, you lost the demographic you were trying to reach before even getting out of the gate. Mm-hmm. right? Like nobody, like everyone was so upset about the cover. Like they didn't care that you put her on the cover. They were like, Oh, well, why can't, you know what I mean? Like you were trying to reach Jessamine fans and you just pissed them off instead.
2: Yeah. No, I mean,
0: there was no commitment to it. Like, why are you testing your, your subscribership? You should so be from, testing. From like a a different way.
1: Yeah. From a marketing point of view, it was like a really dumb error to make. Like, okay. You, you clearly wanted to invite a different readership but you just, like, pissed them off instead.
0: Yeah, um, we were talking about Nike, and then when they made the decision to uh, promote Colin Kaepernick, it's like, years into the debacle with him, but they made a decision to promote it. They didn't do it half-assed. They, they like, really oh, promoted totally. it. And people totally. got pissed, but then people really started to pay attention and appreciate that. that well, Nike also, they were, like
1: they were like going after a demographic that they felt probably is going to be more loyal or like going to go out and immediately buy Nike and it worked. It was successful. Right. So it's like, they took a stand and it, they committed and you have to commit if you're going to like yeah. change, if you're going to like go a different direction. And they might've like done,
0: might done their testing. Like they might, might've done focus groups and all that, but we didn't know about it. And that's, that's what, you know, yoga journal should have done.
1: On, like one of the things I've learned from you, Ryan is like it, with the marketing stuff. It's like, if you're going to take a position, take the position, don't hedge the position. Cause that's such a weaker position to be in.
2: I definitely agree. And I guess then like, if I w- if I was to play devil, or were to play devil's advocate here, it would be like, so maybe, what if it wasn't a split test and it was, it was them sending what they thought would be the most effective vehicle for a message, which I would also recommend someone do is like, if you know that this message will work better for this group of people, you should send them that message. You know, I think, I mean, and clearly like they made a huge fucking mistake and they, and they were wrong. Like whatever they did was wrong. You mean like what if they had
0: done it intentionally and they were pandering to different audiences intentionally? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then that's really condescending. And they got the, they got the response they deserved.
2: Well, I don't know that it would all, I I, I just don't know that it's always pand, I don't know, know that it's necessarily pandering, you know? But a magazine cover
1: is not the same as an email. Do you know what I mean? A magazine cover, like people are, you're expecting to share this, you're sharing the cover on your social media, it's like a public share. It's not like you got a separate email in your inbox, and you're like not going to look at somebody else's email. Like we don't compare emails. I'm not going to get an email from you and then go to like Deja and be like, "What did your email from yeah, Ryan no, 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 say?" No, you're right.
2: You're right. And I'm and, and, and I'm again. I'm, I guess what I was trying to find because uh, I think this example is a tricky one because of, uh, they clearly made a. a, a huge mistake on every possible level. But it's just, I guess my question was like, where for for like a a person who owns a yoga studio, like in a small town, say, um, and they're, let's say their business is successful, uh, and they're making money. Like what, how, how much responsibility do they have to be more diverse?
0: Okay. I have an example. So the studio I teach at, they're successful, they're newer, but they're successful and they, put on a POC and allies class. They've put on like several because I wanted to, I wanted to tell them. they're like, okay, totally. You're the product. Like we think this is a great initiative that you want to um, promote and offer. And they got a response that was like, this is just too much. They sent out the email to their listserv and somebody wrote back, I support you in, uh, in most things, but this is just too much. And it was that vague, but it went on and on three paragraphs talking about how this class was too much for them and that they should really consider why it was too much. And it was this vague, but I was like, what the hell? And I was really curious to see how the studio would respond because they had taken a position obviously to host these classes with me. And they just wrote back and they're like, Oh, well, it's really open. It's really blah, 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 blah. But there was no backing down. There was no, Oh, we're sorry. You feel that way. We'll reconsider. You know what i mean it was a very strong yeah. position that this is what's happening and if you don't like it we're sorry but you should really think about coming
1: okay well also to go back to like well what responsibility do other studios have that like maybe don't care it's like well you are probably like nine times out of ten you opened a yoga studio because you care about the practice of yoga right nine times out of ten sure. i would say so if you care about yoga then you should care about this because you care about yoga if you don't care about yoga fine then like then don't be a yoga studio, open a gym, open a gymnastics, you know, place, whatever. Like, but- Call or it what, call it, what
0: it is. Like call what yeah, you tell selling what it is.
1: Like you can't have your cake and eat it too. If you want to be like core power, then be core power. But then don't say that you're like some spiritual, whatever, whatever, honoring, blah, blah, blah. And then be mindless.
2: Okay, okay, so so I guess then- You so know what then, I mean? Then, yeah, no, I do completely. So so then I think, it, so if you, being, being upfront about what you're about. And if you are present, if you are, uh, t- presenting a spiritual mindful studio and not a core power, then you have more responsibility because you are absolutely got it.
1: Core power doesn't make any qualms about what they are.
2: Yeah. Like I they're
1: know. like, we're taking all the spiritual spirituality. We're taking all of that out
2: Yep, Full and on. we're
1: serving you this power class and they don't call it yoga necessarily. Do they, or is it core power yoga? It's Maybe they shouldn't yoga. call themselves yoga.
2: Yeah, Maybe they shouldn't call yoga. it
1: yoga.
0: Well, that's, but like, it gets interesting with yoga studios because they're still probably teaching a curriculum for their teacher trainings that that does touch on the limbs of yoga and the yamas and the niyamas. But then that's nowhere in their classes. So, we, yep. I mean,
1: and that's like, why bother at that
0: point? Uh,
1: whatever. That's yeah. a whole different issue. But like for most people who open a studio, they're like they care about this practice. So if you care, then you need to do this work. You, you have to put your your actions where your mouth is. Yeah. Totally. Otherwise you're just
0: a hypocrite. Well, and so people then, might and, think and, it's and, new. People might think, oh, this is new to me. But the thing is, it's all around you. So you just yes. have to like, take a look at it.
2: So if we, and it's 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 like a, a complex nuanced thing, but if you were to make a binary statement about whether or not you should be m- making strong efforts to be more inclusive, it would be if you are, um, using any kind of uh, messaging about being more mindful or spiritual or connection or doing any of these subtle things. If that's a part of what you present, you do have a responsibility. Yeah. full. On. If you're and committed if you to the
0: path and practice of yoga, this is where you're, this is where you should be going. Sure.
2: Perfect. Love that. So then just to wrap here, I think like, what are, what are like, there's obviously people need to go listen to your podcast and you've got a bunch of great resources on your website, but if we were just to give people, and we've done this throughout the episode as well, but just like give people a few things that they can do starting now today to be better, do better.
1: I would say like the, one of the first things you can do is just start educating yourself, like read about this topic as much as you can get as many different opinions and like make sure that those opinions aren't just written by white people
2: good That's I, liked, a big one. I I liked your recommendation to follow up with people that do come to your class which i think you <laughs> should be doing for everyone anyways um, but yeah. I think uh, that was a I think that was in it that worked especially well for me I, I was never intentional about being more inclusive it was never I, it, I was just I just wanted cool people to come to my class and there was diversity, but I did follow up with everyone. And I think that is de- like, so when a person of color does come to your class for them to hear from you after, um, and just asking for feedback about the class in general, and again, giving them an out so they don't have to answer. I think that's just a gent- mm-hmm. like a good thing to do always. So if you're not doing that and I, and definitely not just the fucking form, like the pretty automated email that comes out of mind body or whatever, like that mm-hmm. piece of shit doesn't count. Like actually sending an email to them, a, a personal email personal. to them. Personal, yeah. Yes.
0: Like a real human wrote it. Uh, start addressing your students. Like even if you're a tired SEO teacher and you've been teaching tons of classes today, like find a way to refresh your energy. Maybe don't teach as many classes, but start talking to the people in your classes, taking time to get to know them before class and then saying their name yep. when you're talking to them. That's really super easy and straightforward and you could immediately and make for people business. feel better.
1: <laughs> yeah. and good for business I'm just oh, gonna say that because totally. it really is okay here's here's one we put on our allyship tip sheet that I really like it's take a pause because I think what happens is if you're white somebody might come to you with a criticism and then you're immediately your re- reaction is going to be defensive like that is a natural response for anybody being criticized but like if somebody's coming to you for a criticism like you have to kind of recognize you're if you're white you're probably the one in a position of power and if you're responding right away you're cr- creating a power imbalance already so like just be like okay i hear you i need a second to think about that let's like set a date to talk about it later when i've had like time to process what you said
2: mm-hmm. perfect
1: because like we're we're very reactionary right like as a society we're like oh you posted that let me post this comment right away like just don't post a comment like think about it like copy paste your comment into your notebook sit with it for like Half a day and then write
0: it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, I the, think you I know know be that's better like about that. Learning how to be non-reactive so that you can have that moment of pause to reflect. And then essentially you're gonna think better and twice about it. It's just having
2: emotional intelligence.
1: There's so many times, like I personally have been like mid-comment where I just delete it. So I'm like, nope, not gonna respond right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think sometimes I, I respond quickly just because like there's some there's some uh, magic in the algorithm, when they see that a post is being responded to quickly, it tends to kind of, they, they this is your own rat. post.
1: You're talking about a response to your own post. I'm talking about like other people coming into your page to write oh. you like, Brian, I hate you or oh, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't, that's, that to me is just out of control. I don't do that ever. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm, I'm but, not talking about your yeah. own like response. Agno- not In a sense. And I know you, you're like acknowledging comments in order to like up the algorithm. I get it. But like for people coming to like someone else's page to like, Say whatever you want to say. Like maybe just take a moment to do it.
2: Yep. Like, or maybe say maybe like say it on your own page too. Like
0: Yeah, like too. Take <laughs> That's a, that's a whole it, different thing.
2: Yeah, take a position. Um yeah. that's, another, yeah. that's another thing.
0: I think everyone should just step back and see where they practice, like their yoga social circle and their yoga professional circle and say right away, like, is there an issue? Knowing what you know, after you've done this research, listen to this podcast, do you find there's an issue?
1: Like, are there, are there non-white people in the class you're teaching or in the class you're attending? And if yeah. there aren't, aren't that many, like why start asking why?
0: Or have you been letting things slide that affect you that you haven't taken the time to think about?
2: Love it. What, so what, what, like what, what else killed yoga? So what can people expect? First episode was white women kill yoga. What else is coming
1: so the next episode is we're calling it karma capitalism. It's a phrase that we invented because it's like, it's a combination of unfair labor practices, express expecting free labor, um, you know, lack of contracts, like all of the things that have to do with working conditions in our industry. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk about gurus. We're going to talk about diet culture and body image lots uh, um, of practice t- and oh, the vinyasa <laughs> <laughs> and 200 hours. 200 hours. Yeah. The teacher trainings,
2: Perfect. Yeah. Those are all, I love all of those topics because I know that people are going to be feeling some type of way for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there anything you guys want to like leave them with any last minute stuff? They can find your podcast at yoga is dead at yoga is dead podcast on Instagram. They can find both of you on that page, mm-hmm. but is there anything else that you want them to know about or do or Right,
0: Right now, we're really grateful that people are joining the community. We have a Facebook group if you want to actually join a conversation and start really dialoguing about this stuff instead of just, you know, the five minutes that Instagram gives you in comments. And also because just the two of us, no other support has helped us start this podcast. We're really asking people to consider supporting financially if they feel they're
2: able. And you do that through, they can, they can find all the information on your website, but through Patreon or yeah, something? It's
1: just a Patreon, they can do Patreon, they can do Venmo, they can um, donate through our website, and or they can buy an item of swag. Yeah, we
0: have these amazing, oh, yeah. uh, you've seen our logo, you've seen our Miss Yoga is Dead Lady. Sure. Uh, we have these amazing t-shirts, totes and sticker sheets. Uh, and the artist is just, she's really good at what she does in that In that whole design framework. And she's an artist from Pakistan that we wanted to support. So we would really appreciate if anyone wanted to wear our swag proudly.
2: The whole thing is well designed. I think you guys are killing it.
0: Yeah, thank you. For sure.
2: Well, cool. I think that is good for now. I hope that uh, you don't catch too much shit from talking to me. But a little bit might be good.
1: (laughs) I think people will hear this conversation and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's not what we expected it to be.
2: Yeah, that happens a lot. I think some some people just they see some one thing that I say or even a couple, and they just kind of assume they know me or get me, and then assume anyone that aso- associates with me is got to have some ulterior motive or something. But yeah, whatever. So <laughs> cool. Thank you for coming on the podcast, guys. We will we will Thanks talk for more having us
1: on.
0: Yeah, thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely
2: so there you have it if you have not already i'm going to keep telling you to go check out the first episode of the yoga is dead podcast called white women killed yoga and i would love to hear what you think of this conversation what you thought of this conversation if there was anything you thought that uh, i should have said or that i should not have said or anything at all it would be really interesting to know i know these are kind of danger zones and a lot of people really kind of shy away from getting in the mix here but i think it's an important conversation to be had so if you do have any thoughts please send me a message comment whatever the hell i post all over social media um again go check them out at yoga is dead podcast i'm at Ryan Rico buy my shit buy their shit just fucking just don't be a dick later